Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. Tonight, Drama on One presents Hecuba, written by Marina Carr, starring Dervla Crotty and Declan Conlon. Troy has fallen and the humiliated and bereaved Hecuba, Trojan queen, wipes the blood of her slaughtered sons and grandsons off her body. As more sacrifices are demanded, how much more can one woman be asked to bear? You might like to note that the play contains strong adult language that some of you may find offensive. This is Hecuba by Marina Carr. So I'm in the throne room, surrounded by the limbs, torsos, heads, corpses of my sons. My women trying to dress me, blood between my toes, my son's blood, six of them, seven of them, eight. I've lost count. Not that you can count anyway, they're not complete. More an assortment of legs, arms, chests, some with the armour still on, some stripped, hands in a pile. Whose hands are they? Ears missing, eyes hanging out of sockets. And then Andromache comes in screaming, holding this bloody bundle. My grandson, intact except for his head, smashed off a wall like an eggshell. They're through the south gate, she says. They've breached the citadel. They're here. I say, put him with the rest. Put him beside Hector, his father's mangled body. She won't stop screaming. Shut up! I say, you'll draw them on us. I tell the women to cover our mouth. We have no soldiers to protect us, all dead or still fighting, trying to save their own women, children. And I don't know where Priam is. He went out a while ago. When was it? Last night? Yesterday? My women are putting perfume on me. Perfume? I swat them away. The smell of blood wading in it. The tang of rotting bodies everywhere. Bodies that came out of this body. And I want to vomit, but there's nothing in my stomach. They've cut off our food supplies. And Cassandra standing at the throne, that smirk on her face. I told you so. Did I not tell you so? And I could kill her right now. And Polixena looking at me, petulant, willing me to turn this around, make it all right, make sense of it. And I'm glad at least my little Polydorus is safe. We've sent him to Thrace, away from all this. And then a soldier comes wheeling in the door, Priam's head in his hands. My husband's head. They've beheaded him in the great sky god's temple. I say, where's the rest of him? What good is a head? We can't bury his head without the rest of him. And the soldier says, I don't know, they've burned the temple. Burn the temple? The whole city's in flames, he says, and he puts Priam's head into my hands. I sit on the throne, holding it like a baby. 
His tongue's hanging out. His eyes are terrifying. A ferocious death. I try to close his eyes. They're caked with blood, crust, dust. I can't close them. And the soldier is weeping on his knees, holding my ankles. All the men castrated, he says. Not enough to kill them, must desecrate them too. And I say, the women. What about the women? The children? The women too. They're killing the women, he says. All the old ones, the ugly ones, the ones past childbearing, past work. And the children, I say. Priam's head is oozing onto my dress. The children, he says. All the boys and all girls under ten. Why, I say, though I know it's a stupid question. Not enough room on the ships, he says. They're rounding them up, have them in the cattle pens. And I think, this is not war. In war there are rules, laws, codes... This is genocide. They're wiping us out. And then there's shouting, clashing of swords, more screams, and Agamemnon is in the throne room. Fabled queen, I say. She hears the mockery in my voice, though it's not complete mockery. I've been wanting to get a good look at her for a while. And there she is. Perched on her husband's throne, holding, what, his head? The blood flowing down her arms. And what arms they are. Long and powerful. What's that? I say. She doesn't answer. Just looks at me as if I'm a goat herd. The snout cocked. The straight back. Three thousand years of breeding in that pose. They told me many things about him. This terror of the Aegean. This monster from Mycenae. But they forgot to tell me about the eyes. Sapphires. Transcendental eyes. Fringed by lashes any girl would kill for. I pretend I don't know who he is. And you are, I say. You know damn well who I am, he laughs. And you may stand. And she says she'll stand when she feels like it. So I lift her off the throne. Now, that wasn't too difficult, was it, I say? I can't resist twirling her, though I know I should show more respect. Used, but good. Still good. I was expecting an old hag with her belly hanging down to her knees, but she's all right. There's bedding in her yet. I wonder if she still bleeds. Will I ask her? No, not now. Leave her. She's lost everything. She's a queen. Was a queen. Behave yourself. God bless you, he says as he twirls me. God bless you, but war is hard and the women. He smiles at Cassandra. Cassandra smiles back the little trollop. So you're the man slit his daughter's throat to change the wind, I say. And the wind changed, I tell her. The wind changed. And I wonder what sort of wife he must have. This barbarian who calls himself king. And she's looking me up and down. She has an eye on her. Eighteen children, I'm told. I wonder if they're all Priams. I wouldn't mind making a son with her. Only way to sort a woman like that out is in bed. Take the haughty sheen off her. The arrogance even while she's skidding in blood, stepping over corpses, the lip curling. 
This is my husband's head, she says, brandishing it at me. You didn't even have the decency to give me back his body. These are the remains of my sons, I say, pointing to the dung heap of limbs, heads, hearts, necks. Necks I loved and kissed. I have to bury them, I say. My men will take care of it. I see the corpse of an infant. Who's that, I say? Scamandrius. Hector's babe. I thought his name was Astyanax. No, Scamandrius. Why do you want to know? I wonder, did Hector have two sons then? These Trojans, so sly. Can't have any of them alive. Where's the boy, I say. What boy, she says. You know what boy, I say. Polydorus, your boy, your last born. I don't know. You know. He's nine. He's a child. Children grow up fast. Last thing I want is Trojan sails on the wide Aegean, your boy at the helm. He's no threat to you. Where is he, he says. You can see the anger rising in him. A man of sudden rages can't be thwarted. I must be careful. Priam sent him away for safekeeping six months ago, I say. I don't know where. A stab goes through me. Polydorus. They're going to take you, too. You know well where he is. And the longer this business goes on, the worse it'll be for you. And she starts crying. Please, she whispers, please, the face crumpling. I've seen that look before. On my wife's face when they made me drag Iphigenia from her arms. But I can't let the boy live. This is war. These things have to be done. Don't you have children, she says? I have lots of children. The daughters are stunners. You can see the mother in them. What she must have been in her prime. Magnificent in the sack of wager. And I'm really wrong in these matters. And I say, we'll find them, whether you tell us or not. And she's muttering now, the children. Why are you killing the children? My husband's body, she says, walking round in circles. This is too much. She has to bury them all with her own hands, if need be. My husband's body? Where is it? I tell her there's no time. She has to get on the ships. But she's not listening. She's losing it. We're evacuating Troy, burning it to the ground, this city of liars and rapists. She's listening now. Turns on me, blood rising, hands shaking with rage. Goes into a reel, spittle on her lips as she gives vent. You came as guests, she is. You came as guests? Rolling in here, stinking of goat shit and mackerel, and you came with malice in your hearts. You saw our beautiful city, our valleys, our fields, green and given. She rattles on about their paved streets, their temples, their marble libraries, their holy Joe priests, their palaces of turquoise and pink gold. I say, where's Helen? We can't find her. Helen? Helen? Helen was never here, and well, you know it. You have to admire her, the brazen stance. I say, you stand here, everything lost, and still you lie. Who is this Helen, she says, and if she could get her hands on her, she'd tear her asunder. To enter a man's house, I say, to bed his wife, to kidnap her, to kill her, to do away with the evidence. We want Helen back. We have our dead to bury, too. Helen does not exist. You made her up. You needed a reason to take it all. There is no Helen. There never was a Helen. Yeah, 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 he says. That's your version. 
Cassandra snorts, plays with her bangles, stares at him. We need a treaty, I say. I must calm down, save what I can. We need to hammer out a treaty. Now you want a treaty. The little prophetess is wearing the bracelet I sent her. Young, far too young. The other girl glares, though I know she's no innocent. Gave many happy hours with the bold Achilles. Way past time for treaties, my good lady. I tell the soldiers to round them up, get them on the ships. I'm going nowhere, she says, till I've buried these. She waves her hands helplessly. The place is an abattoir. And then they order us off the ships. Soldiers everywhere. The scorching sand under our feet. The heat. It's hard to breathe. Why have we stopped here at Thrace? Haven't you noticed? There's no wind. They can't sail. Where's my jewel box, I say. The soldiers took it, Cassandra says. Can't you do one thing, I say. My bracelets... My rings, my diamonds, my pearls, my wedding crown. All gone. Don't you just love war? No, Cassandra, I do not love war. Sexy or something. Sexy? Your father beheaded. Your brothers butchered. Their bodies defiled. Left for the crow and the rat. All the children slaughtered. Pulled screaming from their mothers. Troy, a smoking ruin. Our beautiful city of light. Gone. Sexy? Shame on you. Shame. I don't know. All those half-naked soldiers. Besides, I told you this would happen. You make things up, she says, her usual refrain. You guess. They dashed little Scamandria's head against a wall. He was just starting to walk. I saw it before he was born, she says, and her best prophecy croak. I told Hector, I say. He slapped my face. Who's crying now, Hector? And I'll slap your face now unless you shut it. Sit, mother, sit here. My darling Polixena, always running around trying to help me. Come here, sweetheart. I take her on my knee. My little girl. I'm 14. You were married at 14. I had Hector at 14. Thought he was a doll. Put him up on a shelf once, the way he'd tidy away your toys. Only Lockie didn't fall off and crack his skull. Polydorus. I hope he's safe. God above, keep him safe. I miss him too. What's going to happen to us? We're going to be all right, I say. Though I know we are far from all right or ever being again. Her little face, so frightened. You're going to stay with me, I say. Though I know they'll separate us, divide us out among their generals. War booty. You're staying with me. There's nothing to worry about, I say. I swear you'll come to no harm. They won't kill us. That would be too merciful, I say. And then I tell her they'll bed her down. And does she know what that means? And she laughs and says she's not a child. And I say, it's not what I wished for you. You should have known the love of a beautiful man. The way my father loved you. Don't let me think of him. 
Don't let me remember. They wouldn't even let me bury him, his poor, broken body. They wouldn't let me have that. His severed head. Savages. They say it was Achilles' son, Nepotolemus, who beheaded him. Who told you that? The servants, of course. They say he's looking for me. You? Why you? Because his father liked me, she says. What? I say. Achilles sent me gifts, she says. You never told me. You were running a city. I barely saw you. He came to my rooms, and I went to his tent. Don't be angry, I say. I'm only telling you because I want you to know... I've had my prince. I know what that is, whatever they do to me now. He sang for me. I danced for him. He was entirely beautiful. He even asked me to marry him. I even said yes. Now, Odysseus, I don't like this calm, I say. Not a puff of wind, he says. Does it remind you of anything, I say? It does. He's sitting on Priam's throne. Had them drag it from the ships all the way up here. He mops his face with a tablecloth, knocks back the rough Spartan wine in this heat. Yes, this blistering calm reminds me of something all right. Reminds me of a morning long ago at Aulis. Another lifetime. A time when we Achaeans could hold our heads up and look one another in the eye. An innocent time before these terrible times. The men are already muttering about a sacrifice, I say. He's blathering on about, I don't know. God, the man goes on. The men, he says. The men. Not looking at me. Achilles' ghosts in wandering the camp, in torment, in torment to be left as ashes on Trojan shores, wandering angrily among the tents. Achilles is dead and gone, I say, and good riddance. His funeral wasn't big enough. The tributes, not grand enough. Nothing was ever big enough or grand enough for that little peacock. Oh, so hot. So still. The heat like a wall leaning on us. They're saying there's a lack of symmetry to the whole thing. And what would they know about symmetry? Spit it out, what do you mean? I know damn well what he means. Well, he says, we sacrificed a girl before the war. We certainly did, I say. We sacrificed my girl. Fucking cannibals helped me slit my own daughter's throat for the fucking winter change. Iphigenia, twelve. I held her hand, but that wasn't enough for them. You call yourself king, they said. The king performs the ritual killing. Not where I come from. We don't slit the throats of children in Mycenae. No, you do it or we storm the palace and take your whole family out. Her eyes. Iphigenia's eyes as they laid her on the stony strand. The obsidian knife in my hand. Her throat. Her girl's sparrow throat. 
the delicate gold necklace they stopped the proceedings to remove. She was so afraid. I'm sorry, I whispered as I lowered the blade. I'm sorry, I have no choice. But I had, of course I had. Could have fled with her to our high green kingdom. Could have barred ourselves in, beaten them off, kept her alive. But I chose the other. And when you worship at that altar, well, what's there left to say? She knew. Iphigenia knew. My own eyes looking back at me. Seems they want another girl on another altar now. The men are jumpy, anxious, want to get home. They're spooked. Oh, was the way after a bloodbath. The rape, the plunder, the excess, now the remorse. Let them keep it to themselves, bunch of our grannies whinging over their knitting. Well, you'd be wise to pay heed to them, he says. What are they threatening? The usual, he says. That you're not the rightful king? The rightful king is the one who wears the crown. They've always hated me. One of the Trojan princesses would probably do it. Calm them down. Would that shut them up? I say. Long as the right wind comes and we can get out of here, he says. The right wind will come when it comes, I say. Don't tell me a girl's throat has the remotest influence on whether the wind comes or the wind goes. Everything has influence, Agamemnon. Everything matters. Only three things matter, Odysseus. Food, sex, winning wars. I'll give them a girl, I say, if that's what they want. Not the little prophetess. The other one. What's her name again? Polyxena. Ah. Achilles wanted her for a bride, and now he'll have her. And who'll perform the sacrifice, I say, knowing, of course, it'll be me. You, I say. They'll respect that. They can keep their fucking respect, says our gracious Mycenaean. How many more kids do I have to slaughter to keep these perverts off my back? How are we going to explain this one to her mother? That's one conversation I'm not having. You do it. You take some of the heat for a change. I'll do it, he says. I'll do that much. Why not the little prophetess, he says. Because when things were really desperate, she predicted we'd win this war, and we did. And he slinks off, sly islander that he is, bandy-legged mountain man, invisible, indispensable. The men love him. My cousin takes me to the heart of the Achaean camp. Thousands of them spread along the beach, dicing, drinking, gaming, fighting, eating. I see a shark turning on a spit, the five rows of teeth intact, the smell of lamb, pig, dog, bird. Some swim in the sea, naked, the water warm as soup. They're having sex out in the open for everyone to see. All the black ships glutting the harbor. Who are these people? Polymester shaking by my side. He fears for his sons. My little kinsmen. His hand on his sword, ready to draw. This is his land and they've destroyed it. They're gonna kill me. Come here, child, he says. He's sitting on my father's throne. Agamemnon. 
That's my father's throne, he says. A handsome little fellow, a prince to the marrow. That's the sacred seat of kings, he says. It's sacrilege for you to sit on it. Your father's dead, I say. I know. And I know you mean to do away with me too. Where are my sons, Polymester says. But Agamemnon silences him with a wave of his hand. I don't mind for myself, he says, but my mother. I'm her last son, last born, last living. If you kill me, she is unprotected in the world. My sisters too. I ask you to spare my life so I can be with them. Help my mother through this catastrophe. I can't, Polydorus, he says. I can't. I wish it were otherwise, but I can't. That's what I thought, he says. Calm as you like, this green-eyed, brown-haired boy. The Spartans would love this child. The resolve in him. So young. What is he? Nine? Ten? May I see her? Say goodbye to her? No. That would be harder for both of you. With respect, he says, you shouldn't presume what is harder for us. I know she would want to see me even under circumstances like these. His feet are tanned, scabbed boy's feet. He has scars already, sordid. They trained them up young, these war-torn times. Let me go to her, he says. She needs me now. When my father was king, he was merciful, and my request is not huge. Priam would have allowed it, I say. This gets to him. I knew it would. His face tightens, the eyes harden. My father often said that Agamemnon wanted to be him. Don't you have your own throne? I say. I certainly have, arrogant little pup. Then why do you need mine? Yours? Yes, mine, he says. They're all dead, my father, my brothers. I'm the rightful king of Troy. Troy is gone, he says. I don't need you to tell me that, he says. By God, have they brought him up well. Can I ask you one thing, he says. Ask, I say. Why, he says. Why? Why do away with us like this? There are laws around the conduct of war. Why torture a vanquished people? Why burn their city to the ground? Why slaughter the old, the weak, the young? My little nephew, Hector's son, it's shameful what you've done. It's evil. We have never come across anything like it, and my father fought many wars. This is not the conduct of humans. And it is certainly not the conduct of someone who calls himself king. You may sit on my father's throne, desecrate it. But you will never be Priam. He nods to his soldiers. Take him away, I say, and make it clean. He's just a kid. Polymester throws himself on the ground. Kisses my feet. He raises him up. A gesture of such tenderness. He has studied his father well. The poise. The economy of movement. It's not your fault, he says to Polymester. In your place, I would have done the same, though you sense he wouldn't. Polymester kisses his hand, bows. Yeah, he's the little king. God, can he play the part. 
Bless my little nephews, he says. Bless my sister, your good wife. Thank you for your care these long months. And just before he goes, he turns to me. I'm asking you not to tell my mother, he says. Let her think I'm still alive, safe with Polly Mester. Do this for her. Don't break her completely. And he turns and walks calmly to his death. Finally, there's food. Not much of it. Some bread, a paltry piece of tuna, rough, unseasoned wine, cheese, barley and beans, the diet of foot soldiers. I try not to think of the heaped platters I dined from in our banquet hall, now a heap of rubble. Outside the tent, the din of men with nothing to do. And there he is, Odysseus, gawking. No greeting, no deference. Just stalks in with his boar-tusk helmet, a bow-legged gargoyle. I'll come straight to the point. There's no easy way to say this. I'm here to take Polixena. The priests robe me. Dusk, the stars coming out. Why do they always pick dusk for these sacrifices? Get away from me with that fucking mask, I tell them, trying to smother me. One of Achilles' generals presents me with the urn. The ashes of Achilles, he says grandly, importantly. We're all ashes, I say. The men snake quietly across the sand under their banners. The word has gone out. Agamemnon is going to conjure the wind again. Do they actually believe this shit? How they hate me. They stand there talking softly, the stink of ten thousand men waiting to see a girl's neck torn. Some look to the sky for signs. There are none. We are here alone. What is so difficult about that to learn? Smoke curling up from the fires, the smell of roasting meat... The sea, with all its bounty, surrounds them. But no, they'd rather eat a wild dog. They'll go mad tonight, feel it in the air. Once they see her blood on his urn, they'll feast and drink till dawn. What do I care? We've been too long here, too long. And there's Odysseus with his men coming along the shore. Behind him, the Trojan queen, the girl by the hand, her women... They could be picking seashells. As one, the men turned to look, enchanted. Then the voice, soaring, dirge-like. Is Hecuba singing? They're walking into the sea, the women taking up the song, washing the girl, passing her from arms to arms like a newborn. Calm, slow and calm, they hold her, kiss her, pass her along. That's what's called grace. So rare here it hurts the eyes. An assault on the soul if you still had one. The men transfixed. Not a sound save the women singing, the waves. Some ritual. Their ways are strange. Now they're lifting her up, up to the stars. Are they giving thanks for her brief too brief life, or are they begging for a reprieve? The men can't stop looking, and then the drums start. 
The charlatan priests banging away. We have our own ways. I hold out the ritual dagger. Anyone wish to perform this sacrifice to our high great gods who in their wisdom have delivered us this far and will deliver us to the end. This is the script. That's what I meant to say. No one will take this dagger from me. They look at me, lower their eyes. So be it. More blood on these blood-soaked hands. She stands before me, Hecuba, the girl, the women, all dripping from the sea. What were you doing, I say? The drums. He's standing on the altar, robed in purple. They didn't know what purple was before we showed them. A hideous mask in his hand. In the other, the dagger. Huge, sickle-shaped, lethal. My daughter shaking by my side. I hold her tighter. What were you doing, he says. What were you singing? An old Phrygian parting song, she says, that I learned on my mother's knee many lifetimes ago. The girl is so young. She stares at the knife, chin trembling. Don't let her scream. Is there no way to avoid this? I know there isn't. The men leaning forward to see, to hear, breath on our necks. We're surrounded. We haven't a chance. The seething mass of them. They want blood. Trojan blood. More and then more again. Won't be satisfied till the last of us falls and not even then. It's shocking to be hated like this. There's no way, he says. His eyes move over his army. He's afraid to. He holds his power, his crown, his throne by a thread. Are you ready, he says to Polixena. The girl nods. You must bear her to the waist, I say to the mother. Priests hovering can't wait to get their talons on her. No, she says. Why? Her voice rising in disbelief. No, look, she's here. She's calm. She's prepared. Leave her covered, please. I'm sorry, he says. It's how it's done. It's expected. I have to be able to get at her neck. Her neck? They have rules for this? Don't make me tie her up, he says. Please do as I say. I'll do it, Mother. I'll do it, Mother, the girl says, and unties her dress, bears her breasts. An intake of breath from the men. Hard to believe, but for some of them this is a turn-on. She stands there, frail. Too thin. Why so thin? Have we been starving them? He comes across the sand carrying my sister. He lays her on the table and then his soldiers come and make a pyre. My mother stands, watching, speechless. Her women try to make her lie down. She ignores them. She watches as my sister is put in the flames. My mother's feet are bare, her clothes ruined. No hint of the fabled queen now. She could be one of her own servants. She doesn't insist on the proper funeral rites. No singing. No washing the corpse. No recounting the day of her birth. 
No stories, no peons, no dirge, no endless panegyric, no sitting, no stroking the body, no weeping, no laughter, no three-day goodbye. No, my mother has moved somewhere beyond grief now. She wants it over. She wants it all over. I stand beside her. She whispers, Polly Doris, all that's left to me now, I want to say, you have me, but I don't. I don't count in her universe, I never have. The mad daughter, the oracle, I understand. It has not been easy being my mother, but I want to protect her, leave her with something so... I don't say Polydorus is dead. I don't say that I am all she has now. I'm on walkabout, the beginning of the second watch, going from camp to camp, listening to their grievances, calming them, reassuring, sorting disputes, gift-giving and gift-taking. I watch my back. My men guard me well. And I come across her in the tide. I'm washing the blood from my arms. And he's there with his men, his horses, his chariot of inlaid gold and ivory. Not safe for you to be here alone, he says. I have only the clothes on my back, she says, and they're filthy. Didn't your women pack for you? Your men took everything. I'm sorry. I didn't know. You should have told me. We'll get you clothes. I want my own clothes. I want my own clothes back. I want my jewels back. I want Priam back. I want my sons back. My daughter back. I want it all back. Every last second of it. And she sits on the sand and cries. <laughs> Just a woman after all. Come, he says, and offers his hand. And I'm so desperate, I take it. He takes me to his tent, a sprawling complex of cloth and banners, braziers lit against the cold descending. He sits me on cushions, gives me wine. Mycenaean, he says, from his own vines, a rich purple. Surprisingly good. I knock it back. His servants pour a bath for me. Wash me. A robe materialises. I let them dress me. They dry my hair. Then they bring food. More wine. I eat a bit. He drinks. Watches me. The servants hover, some of them Trojan, all girls, afraid to look at me. Their grieving queen, sitting late at the enemy's table. She picks, puts a bite in her mouth, forgets to chew. Her hair damp on her shoulders. Her golden skin, they said. They said true. The long arms, the big feet tall as any man, and still so feminine. Eat. Eat, he says, pushing more dishes towards me. 
He raises a hand and the servants disappear. I'm curious about your laws, he says. Our laws? Yes. I'm trying to start a country, bring all the warring factions together, the fiefdoms, the small fierce kingdoms. We need a system. We have Spartan law, of course, ancient, modelled on the Mycenaean, before that handed down from Crete. But the Danaeans, the Hellenes, the Thebans will have none of it, not to mention all the island kingdoms. Are they written down? Some of them. They must be written down. Otherwise it's all confusion. But you're not a literate culture, are you? You don't have an alphabet. You don't read. Right. We have the priests to take care of that. A king needs these tools. Can you read? Write? <laughs> I've never come across a woman more arrogant. Laws are hard to land, she says. Takes a long time. Our laws were 10,000 years in the making. And 10 hours in the unmaking. Yes. Lost. Buried in the rubble of Troy. What a great pity, he says. As if he had nothing to do with it. Music wafts in from the camps. Celebratory. I look at him. The candle is throwing his shadow behind him. A mountain of a man. His arms face the bull neck, covered in scars. Muscles like boulders. The hands, spades. Terrifying in full battle armour. He refills my cup, his own. He smiles. Take your ease, he says. You're safe here. We've a saying at home. At table and in bed, the woman reigns. Is he actually wooing me? So long since I've been wooed. An unlikely suitor here, opposite me. Battle-scarred, soul-weary. As weary as I am. You must be longing for home. I am. Your wife, your children. I have many wives. So had Priam. But you were his first. With all the duty that entails. What was he like? Priam? As a man. As a husband. He was a good husband. A good man. Was it a love match? Not in the beginning. I was very young. Were you married, John? Not so young. I was always warring. Was in the field at ten. Led my first army at thirteen. Twenty thousand men. And you won. Haven't lost us a war yet. And your queen? My queen. Clytemnestra. Can hardly remember what she looks like. She refuses to speak to me. Have anything to do with me now. You know what I'm talking about. Iphigenia. The beloved daughter taken. The altar. The wind. Yes, I understand why she would be finished with you. She has powerful allies, so we'll have to put up with one another a while yet. And the other wives? Pretty girls with pretty babies. Your heart's not in it. No. And your heart? Do I still have one? Did you love him? 
Did I love him? And she laughs. Beautiful. Truth is, he was impossible these last few years. This war wore him down. Changed him completely. He'd come to me in the small hours. Lie on top of me. Weep. What do they want from us? What is it they actually want? You baffled him. You've baffled us all. We were together for 35 years. Time. Endurance. All those children. How frail a king is with his crown off. If all that's a definition of love, then yeah, I loved him. But not as a lover, not as a man. Not since my last child. Not since Polydorus. Polydorus. His name hangs there between us. I can't tell her now. It'd kill her. So instead I say, and what does a Trojan queen do when her husband cools? She finds another. It's allowed. Discretion is needed, of course, but it's permitted for all Trojan women. Society can't run if the women are unhappy. Polydorus, will I ask him? Get down on my knees again? Seems I've been on my knees begging since Troy fell. He's definitely wooing. Well, no aphrodisiac like death, they say, though this old carcass has seen better days. I hope he likes stretch marks. Polydorus, spare him. It's in your power, I want to say. But some instinct silences me. You do not bargain with love. You take it when it's offered, however fleetingly and from the strangest quarters, the last solace. Don't sully it. And something tells me Polydorus is gone. She stands. For a second I think she's leaving. I think she thinks she is too. But no. She comes to me, leans in, kisses me, light, fleeting, a question, but strength in it. She steps back, looks at me, and smiles. Lonely king. Come here. And she does. And she's all over me, starved for love. No shame in that. I am too. We go to it. We do what men and women do. Yes. He wants me. And with such quiet intensity. Taking my clothes off calmly. Savouring whatever's left of me to savour. He arranges me on the cushions exactly the way he wants me. This is a man who likes to look. He stands there, massive, trance-like, just looking. She's a statue. The big legs, high horse-riding ass, God bless it. Breasts that'd feed thousands. Nipples cold as bronze on my tongue. 
and she soft, soft and lean, silk of her skin as she opens up to me, holding my gaze and her cries, balm to this heart of stone, the milk of her all over my hands, more intoxicating than any wine. It's been too long since I have loved. Troy has coarsened you, taken all the joy, the sweetness. Well, here is sweetness before you, under you, tasted. Remember. I think of them. I think of them all. When I was young and Priam loved me, all my beautiful children who slipped away, one by one, I give myself over to them, a sort of goodbye. How glorious they all were. How glorious it all was. We mustn't judge things by their end. And this hulk of a man, what is he remembering? His kisses smothering the way I like them. He wants to pack all of himself inside me. Rest there. Give birth to himself again. A clean slate. All possibility possible. All different next time. And then she's asleep. The Trojan queen is sleeping. Mouth open, hair entangles, lightly snoring. Another woman, another appalling dawn. A crime to wake her, so you cover her. Quench the candle, get up. Don't attempt to close your own eyes. Outside, stars fading, horses snorting. A flock of cranes heading from Mount Ida and beyond. The men sleeping off the wine, the revels, the excess. A breeze, faint. A pre-breeze. I wet my finger, hold it up. Too light to tell. Let it come. Home in three days. Wherever that is now. I'm dreaming of our summer palace up in the high, cool mountains. The children splashing in the fountain. I'm woken by one of the servants, a Trojan girl. I think her mother was one of my dressmakers. Shh, she says, and leads me through the many cloth rooms, a passageway. We're outside, the sea near. She points to something. What is it, I say? Your son, she says. The young prince, Polydorus. And she kneels, kisses my feet. Poor queen, she says. Poor queen. Don't tell them it was me who showed you. And she runs off. There's a mound of them, piled like a haystack. The new dead. Fresh dead since we landed here in Thrace. No smell yet. Small, stiff bodies. Children mostly from what I can make out. Don't believe what I'm doing as I'm doing it. Rummaging among them looking for Polydorus. The doomed eyes, the ankle bones snapping, the fragile heads, some shorn but most with the long silken tresses of our boys, 
How proud we were of our son's hair. Didn't cut it to shoulder length till they were ten. I whisper, sorry, sorry, as I disturb them, though I feel it is they who pity me. And there he is, on his side, looking past me. They didn't even close your eyes. I gather him up. He resists me. Doesn't want my embrace now. Will never want it again. No press. None. You knew you would come to this day. He knew from the start. All gone now. And something akin to relief comes flooding in. You can put aside motherhood now. Take it off like a scarf. Let it swirl and flow away from you across the shining sea. Hold his hard little body. His lips, when you touch them, are ice. Who did this? Who did this to my war baby? Born in the first year of these unimaginable times. I must bear this too, it seems. They said many things about her after. That she killed those boys. Blinded Polymester, went mad, howled like a dog along this shore. The Achaeans wanted to get their stories down, their myths in stone, their version, with them as the heroes. Always noble, fair, merciful. No, they were the wild dogs, the barbarians, the savages who came as guests and left an entire civilization on its knees and in the process defied its queen and her memory. What she did was put her last child on the pyre say her prayers, wait for death quietly by that pyre. And it came, grudgingly, but finally it came. And the wind came too, and we sailed with it to a new and harsher world. We've been listening to Hecuba, written by Marina Carr. Dervla Crotty was Hecuba. Declan Conlon played Agamemnon. The role of Cassandra was played by Avine McGinnity. Danielle Galligan was Polixena. Odysseus was played by Enda Oates. And Ollie West was Polydorus. Sound design and sound supervision was by Gar Duffy. Hecuba by Marina Carr was directed by Goretti Slaven and the series producer of Drama on One is Kevin Reynolds. To listen back to this and all our dramas, go to rte.ie slash drama on one.